재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. We have all at times been trapped behind them on the subway, bumped into them on the street. Sometimes we have been them, the smartphone zombies, <laughs> the people who are trapped in their own little smartphone window world and oblivious to just about everything else going on. A lot of people fit that description at one point or another these days, and Sometimes it's uh, fun to wonder, what did Koreans do with their time and attention before digital devices came along? Well, Michelle Kong is here from the Seoul Global Center, and she's going to educate us on pre-digital pastimes in Did You Know. How are you doing, Michelle? Good morning, Kurt. Good morning. I think kids are the, the biggest fiends when it comes to smartphone games and mobile devices and short attention span theater. You know, I got a friend, he's got a six-year-old kid. He says, this kid can't watch a half-hour show anymore. All he wants to do is watch four-minute YouTube videos. So, I don't know what that means for the future, but um, let's look in the other direction, the past, before Mm -hmm. all of this stuff came along. You know, what what kind of stuff did kids do? Well... Instead of the smartphone or computer games, they spend most of their time outside, outside of a house, of course. Mm. Were you like one of those kids who just... I was, I was a, a bicycle fiend, you know. Ah. Uh, this was, when I was a kid, there was hardly anything digital or electronic or whatever. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I rode my bike all the time. Okay. Alone? <laughs> well, sometimes with friends. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, there are so many traditional games um, Korean kids and uh, adults played in the past. And then they were um, played during free time or leisure time. Of course, um, during the holidays like Chuseok or uh, Lunar New Year as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So uh, when kids would go outside, as you say, get out of the house, what kind of stuff would they do? Okay, the first thing I would like to talk about is kite flying. It was a very popular winter activity. Were you, um, as a kid, did you ever make your own kite? I never made my own kite. Uh, We would buy kites every now and then. Okay. Um, And I lived not far from the beach, so it's pretty easy to fly a kite all seasons uh, Mm. on the beach because there's good wind. I guess uh, in Korea, they did it in the winter because you need the wind, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. So this was the winter activity. It's pretty um, hard to find children nowadays flying kites anymore. But um, in the past, kids made kites um, on their own with this Korean paper, changhoji or hanji, and then bamboo sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You can find there are many shapes or patterns uh, among these Korean traditional kites, but you can probably see those two uh, most representative kites nowadays. One is pangpeyon or a shield kite. Is that the similar shape as most Westerners know a kite, sort of the triangle? 
Oh, that's a stingray, kaurion. Oh, that's a kaurion. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what bampeon looks like what? Shield. It looks like a shield. Yes. Like a sort of a a little bit more rounded. Um, it's like a square, square shape. But if you're really not sure um the shape of this yun uh, or kite, you can imagine a uh, Sangam World Cup Stadium mm. because it's shaped like pangpeyan when you see this from oh, above. Oh, who knew that? <laughs> I did not know that. Mm. Interesting. All right. And then uh, one more interesting uh, fact about this kite or kite flying. Um, did you know kites were originally used in the military in Korea? I'm trying to figure out what that would have been for. It's not like you could have attached uh, somebody or a camera to it in those <laughs> days. Uh, I would have thought for Overwatch, but uh, what what was the point? Yeah, it was not an Asian um, drone. It that's was. That's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that occurred to me. Um, do you put like a very very small person up on the kite? Or, uh, but what was the military purpose? Okay, it was very cute. I think the record actually shows the kite flying started even before the period of the Three Kingdoms, mm. and in the year of 647, there was a revolt against the Queen Chin in Shilla, Shilla dynasty. And probably Korean listeners, you wouldn't know this name, General Kim Yushin. He was trying to put down this rebellion. And then one night, a shooting star appeared in the sky. And then many of the soldiers back then probably have never seen it before. So they were all terrified. Um, it, they thought it was a sign of a bad omen or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, his soldiers all became demoralized. And then Kim Yushin general came up with an idea. He attached a scarecrow, lighted with fire onto kites, uh-huh. and then it flew them back into the sky. So, the first time it was a real shooting star, the general noticed that uh, it kind of freaked everybody out. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to replicate that result. Mm -hmm. And he lit the scarecrow on fire and put it up on a kite. Yes. That's pretty uh, clever. Yeah? Yeah. All right. And then it worked. So um, they uh, won in this rebellion, um, uh, in this situation. Mm -hmm. And then the stars are soaring back into the sky, it looked like. So um, it definitely boosted the fighting spirit of all these soldiers. And then one more interesting is if you ever um, seen this Korean traditional kite, you can see the patterns on top of the kite, like a round, uh, sometimes yellow, sometimes red. Um, you can see the pattern on top and then it's uh, believed or it's known as Queen Jinduk, the same queen. Um, from the Shilla dynasty said she wanted to see the full moon every single night. Mm. So her subjects actually made this uh, They type flew of a kite. full moon up mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. for her. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. I think the level of, um, you know, decoration and the creativity, the artistry in kites uh, in East Asia, I mean, that's this is the part of the world that really seems to uh, do fantastic kites. Mm. I remember reading at one point about uh, fighting kites yeah you know they'll put like uh broken glass on the string and try and battle Mm -hmm. each other's kites is that part of korean history as well yeah that's right uh people used um this glass pieces of glass or um crushed uh, glass or ceramic or um stone powder and then they just glued it uh, on the lines of these mm. kites and they are supposed to cut the opponent's kite line and then that person wins. 
<laughs> Until the person whose kite was cut comes yes. and decks you. Yeah. <laughs> but nowadays it's customary to write your name or birthday. I know. You put all this effort into a kite, some guy comes along and cuts it. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you just have to make your kite all the more dangerous. Mm, yeah, but it was one of those games you can just use um, mm. or play with with kites. Or you make your lion that much um, more sturdy. Perhaps you can use like a, uh, I don't know, hemp or something like that or a strong fiber mm. to make it very difficult to cut. Right, right. Mm. But even if you just try that much effort, if your uh, kite is cut, probably you would be really sad. But that was one of the games kids used to play. Yeah. Okay. okay, kites. <laughs> this is in the pre-digital era, centuries ago. Kites of different sorts. Uh, what else did they do when the wind, for example, was not so strong? Okay, um, I think this is another game, very popular children's game. Um, it's played using five small pebbles. Okay. <laughs> and in the in the old days, kids would actually have to go out and find the pebbles, right? Yeah, that's right. But not anymore. Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now we have toy stores, and you've brought me like a little container of... Uh, these are supposed to represent pebbles. Yes. They are in three separate colors. All so right. does that mean three people play? Oh, no, no, no. It can be played alone or with many uh, multiplayers. It's called kungi. Kungi. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, are these like I would I would guess that they're dice, but they have no numbers or something on them. No numbers. All right. So fill me in. What am I going to do with these things? These okay. pebbles. You uh, need five of those five kungi uh, stones. Yeah. And then, if you're just playing alone, you can just. Uh, there are actually five levels. First, you just cast the kungi stones on the surface. So where anywhere, as long as there is a flat. Um, surface you can play with this okay. um, and uh, rules are sort of simple but it's not really easy to play Okay. Um, and uh, you just cast the kongi stones on their surface all five and yeah. then pick one and toss it in the air while it's in the air you pick up the other stones yeah this is jacks Yes. This is basically jacks. Right. You throw a ball or something like that. Okay, and, so uh, Jamie's here. <laughs> Jamie just sneaked ninja-like into the studio, she's and she's an going to instruct me in how to how to play these. Okay, she's got. I can tell she's got a professional way of holding yeah. these. She's rolling them around. <laughs> Why don't you narrate what she's doing? All, all right. right. So all five stones are cast on the surface. Just cast them. Right. And then one by one, okay. you throw and ah, then catch it. This is level whoa. one. Okay. She's and good. If, ideally, that was excellent, Jamie, by the way. That was <laughs> unbelievably skillful. Right. She threw it, and while the thing was in midair, she scoops the other one up, very much like Jack's. In right. Jack's, you bounce it once on the ground. It's mm-hmm. a rubber ball. And then the level two is you have to pick up two stones at a time. Mm-hmm. So she's strategically choosing which one to pick up. Uh-huh. She's going to throw it in the air. Ooh. <laughs> you must have been a mean kid to hang out with, I'll tell you that. She got two at a time on both of those throws. Mm-hmm. And does it go on and on and go on? Three, on four? On t- up to level five. Up to level five. Yeah, level four, it's not really uh, You throw it once easy, and you have to get all of the other ones. No, no, no. It's different. You throw all five and then you have to catch it. Uh, on the back of your hand. Uh-huh. You have to flip your hand, switch your hand so you can uh-huh. catch all you five balance it on your stones. Hand. Yes. Oh, look at that. 
So she, you're no longer doing uh, playing pickup. Uh, you know what we used to do that with was um, coins, quarters. Ah. We used to balance them sort of on our elbow and then try and catch them all. Jamie, wonderful job. Thank, Thank you, you very Jamie. much. Cord, would, would you like to try? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk about more games, and I'm going to try my uh, hungi skills Mm -hmm. while we take a little jingle break. Michelle, my kungi playing career began and I fear ended during that uh, musical break. Just for like, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> uh, it, 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 I don't know. I, compared to what Jamie demonstrated, mm-hmm. um, it's as if I have some, some motor disability or something. <laughs> I threw one into the air, tried to pick it up and uh, failed miserably. It looks really easy, right? It does. She yeah. made it look easy. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the skills mad skills of somebody who's grown up in Korea. Right. I bet you if you play it, you're probably pretty good too, right? Well, not as good as Jamie, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's Kongi, uh, mm-hmm. kind of akin to Jax. Um, but, uh, and I understand now why you can just do it with any pebbles now. The colors don't matter. Right, right. All right. Mm-hmm. Any other games we can move on to? You've got some other props here in the studio. Right. Um, I think when you just go to one of those event venues in Korea, um, these um, events prepare some games for um, visitors to play, like traditional um, games. Three most popular um, games you can actually try is Tuho and Tegi Tagi, and the other one is Yunnori. Yunori. Mm-hmm. That of the three, Yunori is the one that comes across most familiar to me. Yeah, something to do with sticks. That's right. It's a Korean board game with four sticks. Four sticks. Four sticks. <laughs> Can you play it without a board? Do you need a board? You need a board. All right. Right. And the board has specific markings and stuff. Yeah. Um. You need a token to move around on the board. It's a paper. Okay. Um, so you've brought in the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. Shijak. That's the starting point. All right. And you move in a, what is it, a counterclockwise direction, sort of? Sort of, right. Okay. So you've got like a little token, like a game piece. Right. And then the thing is you've got these four sticks right here. They make Mm -hmm. a very distinctive sort of, almost like wind chimes. Yeah. They sound like wind chimes. These are made out of any particular wood? Um, Nowadays, any any sort of wood, Mm. but they're wooden um, uh, sticks. But can you describe the shape? Of those four sticks? Um, If you were to take a cylinder of wood, a round cylinder of wood, and cut it directly lengthwise in half, almost like you would cut sort of a spring onion in half, then that's the shape you've got here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of a long half cylinder of wood. That's right. And uh, you will notice one side is flat and the other side is round. Sure. Right. So it's basically the same. You have to just cast all these four sticks um, into the air, and then you would know how many sticks are over. And you just count the numbers, and then you can just move your token on the board according to the numbers you get. So I chuck these in the air. Mm-hmm. They're either going to land on the flat side or the round side. That's right. The round side tells me how many to move. Yeah, that's so exactly right. it's like right. a very 
intricate way of throwing a dice. <laughs> yeah. uh, can I give it a go? Can I try sure, one? Sure. I don't want to throw too much. I'm going to shake them. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two uh-huh. came up rounded. Right. And they have these very inscrutable drawings or characters. Are these Chinese characters? No. No, 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 no. They're just patterns. Okay. Um, and the number of uh, sticks that are over, if it's one stick is over, that's two. It's to. called to, and then one space advance. Is to good? To, yeah, to is not as good as ke. That's what you got right now. To is ke. To, to ge. To ge. To is ke. Two sticks are over. That is a ke. Okay. And then three, kol. Kol. And. Do these words mean anything or are they uh, just. These refer to all these animals. To is a pig, ke is a, a dog. dog. Uh-huh. Doge, kol, yut, mo. Five combinations, huh. five different, uh, different combinations. How are there five combinations when there are only four sticks? If it's all over, all four sticks are over, that's yut. But sometimes it can be all um, facing down. Then that's mo. Okay. It's ah uh, 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 okay. Mm. So you have all four. That's the extra combination. Right. Is right. if the all four are either up or down. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the, the 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 drawings on the sticks themselves don't necessarily mean anything. anything. You could put anything, anything. on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are just pretty little pictures, and then I move around the board. Uh huh. And that's it. If I land on somebody, can I knock them back? Um, yeah, if you just, uh, there are four corners. If you just get, uh, land your, um, token on one of those fours, you can just make a shortcut and then come back, uh, faster than your opponent. Mm-hmm. And then if you get yut or mo, you have another bonus of throwing this four sticks one okay. more time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is sort of a, um, kind of a Joseon dynasty shoots and ladders kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with sticks. Yes. I guess you right. get your local craftsmen in the village to make nice yunori sticks. Right. You can't just go in the woods and find these, mm. but you could draw the board on the dirt. Sure. And use pebbles as your tokens. Yeah. But you do that's need right. these sort of specialty sticks. Mm-hmm, Not hard right. to obtain. No, no. Um, and then some nowadays, youngsters, they make, they draw a little dot on one of those sticks mm-hmm. on the flat side. And if it's shown, it's not just regular toe, it's called back toe or back toe. So one, instead of going in one space advance, it's going um, backwards mm. just for fun. Yeah. Ah, back toe, backwards. Yeah. So it's kind of like a curse mm-hmm. stick. Right. Yeah, that adds a little spice to the game. Yeah. I think this could be quite fun, actually. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, the best kind of game, in my opinion, uh-huh. is especially when you're in a group and if you're maybe having a drink or something, something you don't want to overthink. Right. You just want to kind of play and move and uh, aggravate your partners uh-huh. and knock them off the board and <laughs> jump over them, that kind of thing. Right, right. So, uh, Yundori is played usually on the morning of uh, Chuseok or uh, New Year's Day. Ah, is it? Yes, yes. Okay. All these family members would just get together before they have their um, breakfast or something. They would uh, play this game. <laughs> now, you mentioned two others there. Uh, Yunnori is what we just played with these sticks. Mm-hmm. Were they called Tuho and something else? Yes, Tuho and Tegi Tagi. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tuho, you wouldn't know what it is. I think I remember you mentioned this. Uh, is this the little arrows that you throw into that's the, right. the cylinder? Yes, yes. That can be fun. Yeah, that is fun. Um, it's play, it was played among all these royal um, families and upper class 
That's uh, kind of a Korean equivalent, I would guess, of, of horseshoes-ish. Yeah, I think so. And uh, actually, um, a lot of American families play a version of it called cornhole. Cornhole? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like a little sand-filled bag, and it's like a board with a hole. Okay. And you have to throw it in the hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's a game <laughs> of accuracy. Right. Not hard to play. Okay. And kind of fun to teach kids to play. Mm. The sticks are not sharpened, of okay, course. They're of blunt. Course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you go to a lot of these fortresses or castle attractions uh-huh. or cultural villages, usually there's a game of two-ho, right? Yes, yes, mm. right. So, it was played to um, build up the concentration of all these scholars' mind and everything. Is that what it's for? Yeah. It's not for, like, hunting or throwing no, spears? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help you to concentrate and develop that light touch. And then you said uh, the final one? Tegi tagi. Tegi. I think you would know what it is, Tegi. Um, it's, it looks like a badminton shuttlecock. Mm. Mm. So it's called a Tegi, and then it's really similar to a hacky sack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, the weighted part? Is that like a wood ball or no? What's the part that gives it the weight to come back down? Uh, Originally, the old coin called yopjan that was used, and then the old coin had a hole inside, in the middle of I see. the coin. So people used uh, thin strips of paper, um, and then they just wrapped the uh, coin with papers, and then they put all these um, shreds into the hole. Mm. So when it's all done, it looks like a tiny pom-pom. So that's kind of your ballast. And then you, uh, do you use like bird feathers as the, the shuttlecock portion? Bird feathers, not, yeah, bird feathers, yeah, with uh, strips of paper would work as a. Or strips of paper will Mm -hmm. be the thing. Yeah. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then it looks like a sort of a badminton shuttlecock. Yeah. Hacky sack is still kind of a big deal for certain niche groups, but I remember when hacky sack first kind of came out, as Mm -hmm. it were. It was this huge thing. I did it. Did you ever do it? Yeah, yeah. You did hacky sack or yeah. jaggy jaggy? Or uh, both? I'm not good at hacky. Uh, hacky? Hacky <laughs> sack. Jaggy <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh, but well, have you tried a jaggy jaggy? No. No, it's not easy. It's never. I like to ask. It sounds a, heavier than a hacky sack. Yeah, and then you have to use your instep of your ankle. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same as a hacky sack, really. But uh, with when you're using coins or something metallic as the uh-huh. ballast, you don't have much time for that thing to be in the air. You know? Right. Uh, nowadays, in modern time, people use, instead of coin, make this uh, tegi using plastic um, stuff inside, mm-hmm. so it's a lot lighter. So it's not going to be easy to uh, kick all this cheeky. Excellent football or soccer training. If you're good at cheeky joggy, you have perhaps a future in FIFA. <laughs> True. <laughs> That'll get these kids uh, inspired to play a bit more cheeky joggy. Right, right, right. So cheeky is actually originated from a ball game called chukguk. In China, chukguk is very similar to chukguk. Chukguk. Right? Is that purely coincidental, or um, is the chuk the same thing? Yeah, chuk is to kick, and then uh-uh. right. So Asian soccer played in China, but um, it was actually designed to practice some martial arts in China. Mm. Uh, and then when it is passed on to Korea, people used a uh, pig's bladder as a ball. But later they invented this tagi, and then it just became to current tagi tagi game. So, uh, pig bladder was uh-huh. the first one. Yes. They just kind of blew that up. <laughs> With a straw? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but maybe, yeah. maybe that's possible. Okay. And then they <laughs> uh, they they invented up the uh, sort of artificial one. No pig was harmed in the process. <laughs> and do you win by how long you can keep the thing up in the air? Yes. Yes. So uh, the most number of consecutive um, kicks. Wins the person who gets that, uh, and there are several different ways of kicking tegi. You kick with only one foot, and then while you're doing it, you have to just remain your foot uh, not touching the ground. Some, you, you, uh, sorry, you, uh, you have to like jump in the air and be kicking it or something. No, 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 no. Uh, the kicking foot should remain in the air. Ah. Um, and so you're standing on one foot, basically, yes, yes, and doing it. Right. That's one of the ways. And the other way is you kick it with both feet. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You have to go back and forth. Left, yes. right, left, right. Right. Which I guess, you know, you can get pretty good at after a while. I bet mm-hmm. you there were some pretty fearsome jaggy joggy players back in the day before smartphones. Uh, and now they've become <laughs> smartphone zombies, mm-hmm. basically. Right. That's a look at the games of yesteryear. Michelle, thank you very, very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for today's Koreascape. We are produced by Ojang Sup with associate production from Jamie Lee and writing by Nikki Kim. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. We got food and beyond tomorrow. You don't want to miss that. And if you're here in Seoul, this, that, and Amy is up next. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.